0: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking.
1: Hi, and welcome to episode 144 of this fine, fine... Fine, Modern Woodworkers podcast. Uh, I'm Sean Woznouski, and I'm here with my co-host, as always, Diarmid Plotki of the Penultimate Woodshop. And tonight we're talking to Mike Powers. You may know him from such magic tricks as turning sawdust into groceries. So, <laughs> gentlemen, how are we? Hello, Sean. Hello, I, guys. I keep trying to think of creative ways of doing that. I don't know if it's bad or good. No one's telling me to stop, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> some some little thing. Um, yeah, so uh, let's get the the, uh, the weather out of the way. Everyone enjoying a terribly hot summer. Indeed, wonderful. My, <laughs> mine, mine
2: is actually cooled off. Uh, we have this weird, unusual weather. There's a fire in Yosemite. Yeah. Uh, so I have uh, smoke outside and smoke at the lake I, on my Instagram feed. You can see the uh, Lake Tahoe covered with smoke.
3: smoke and uh, every
2: every on. time exactly every time there's a fire in yosemite we get lots of smoke so yeah now
1: i I saw your post earlier it's like why are there so many
2: (laughs) yeah
0: mike you're on the opposite side of the lake right
2: i'm on the east side of the lake i'm on the other mountains i'm on uh lake tahoe's on the west side of the sierras i'm on the east side of the sierras okay so as the crow flies, I'm very close, but in uh, driving, I'm not that close.
0: <laughs> okay. Does the, does the lake protect you from the fire going on the other side?
2: Uh, well, we have our own little lake down at the bottom, uh, Washoe Lake. Uh, that's actually a lake right now. Uh, it's actually been dry for like two or three years, except we had a very large winter and uh, that filled up Lake Tahoe, passed it its brim, and filled our lake up and made everything nice and moist and made all the wonderful uh, cheat grass and everything grow. And so now we have lots of wildfires this year. Can't <laughs> win for losing. <laughs> uh,
0: well, at least it's pretty when it's not a fire.
2: Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes, it is very pretty. And uh, I'm, I don't know if you guys have seen the pictures of my workstation, but I, I, I would argue that I have, pretty much the best area for a workstation that anybody's ever had.
0: Well, I've seen it. I would agree. It's, it's stunning, but for those of us who are not following your, uh, your Twitter and Instagram pictures, why don't you describe where it is you're working right now?
2: Well, where I'm working is, uh, right on the South shore of Lake Tahoe on a 18,000 square foot lakefront mansion that used to own be owned by Bill Hara, uh, oh, yeah. of Hara's Casinos and all that. Uh, he passed away quite a while ago, and the the property was actually much bigger. It was actually three houses that got split, uh, sometime between then and now. But the house that's left is eighteen thousand square feet, <laughs> and it's right on the lake. I could walk right out the door or the window that you see, and I can spit into the lake. It's that close, and. Uh, yeah, it's an okay place to work. Uh, <laughs> you know that's it's never hot. Uh besides the fact that they've been keeping the heat on in the house, which is a little unusual, but what? it's uh well uh in all the houses up in my area there's uh hydronic flooring. Okay. Uh that's 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 the way they heat all the mansions is you know with a boiler and, and uh and water going through tubes in the floor Mm -hmm. and for some reason they like to leave that crank so every monday it's about 95 degrees in the house and we have open all the doors and windows and you know it only gets up to like maybe 80 degrees outside so it cools off pretty fast but uh is they finally just they finally just turned it off this monday so we were all pretty happy today
0: (laughs) is that them just not caring not not knowing is there a reason for that that sounds ridiculous
2: it is absolutely ridiculous. I've worked on, I don't know, I've been working on houses like this since 2000 uh, in this area, and I've never had anybody leave the heat on into the summer. I have no explanation.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: And it appears to be no on ad- a on a schedule that is just running.
2: No, No, they were leaving it on for some reason because somebody told them to. Uh, I'm at a company that has uh, quite a bit of management. Uh, I would consider it a little management heavy. Uh, Mm. But, uh, yeah, Uh, I guess word came down that we could stop sweating. So (laughs) thumbs up from all of us. Yeah, there's going to be pictures later tonight on Instagram of what I call the third floor. And it's a very large uh, scaffolding that's set up in the great room that's probably a couple thousand square feet. The great room is enormous. Uh, and there's a huge scaffold and there's, Oh, Diami would know the size of this. Uh, it's nine, it's three by three. It's actually wider than three by three scaffoldings set up together.
0: Okay.
3: So so. your, your,
2: your standard scaffolding three Mm. long and wider than three wide, a giant platform. Nice.
1: Jeez. Nice dance floor.
2: Is
0: that to work up yeah. on the
2: ceiling? What's that what's that what are you reaching yeah. with that? Yeah, they're they're installing uh, beam wraps and stuff up, up on the ceiling. Th- those guys get the hottest day of all. Uh yeah. yes, for oh, sure. Do.
3: Way yeah. up
1: there.
0: So you're working in um in this mansion. What's yes. you've got the bench with a wonderful view. What's on your bench yes. right now? <laughs>
2: what's on my bench is some reson uh redwood they're basically door jams but they're not they're kind of like door stops and door jams all together they're really wide and it involves a bunch of glue ups there's pictures of them on my instagram also uh i you know i i always end up making the weird stuff they're like here make this and you know that's kind of what i always end up doing at these houses is you know making the weird stuff so uh, that's what I'm making. They're—it's weird. It's they're like the most giant door stops you've ever seen, but they also—it looks like a door jam, but then it has a little trim thing that goes around it. Uh, I don't—it's know. It's hard to describe, but I—you know, nobody complains. I get to use my hand planes. I get paid to make shavings at least a couple times a day. I'm not complaining.
3: No, they're, no that's
0: not bad. they are worse things to have on your bench.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. And and uh, before that I I I had to clad the doors. There are these nice quarter sawn oak doors and I had to clad the outside to match the siding. Okay. On the outside. What, of house.
0: what was the siding?
2: It's uh it's also redwood. It's kind of a weird pattern. I'll put up a picture tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> I actually haven't I actually haven't taken a picture of that yet. I don't think
1: Oh, so this is the the mitered corner stuff that you were doing a bunch of yes, pictures yes. of just yesterday, yes. I think. Okay, yeah, I was, I was looking at that yep. and I couldn't tell what it was. That's yeah, Redwood. It, That's cool.
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny because the the there's like three bosses at the job, three levels of boss and uh, you know, I'm whipping out the handsaw and putting up guide blocks and things like that and they looked at me funny at first, but then everything went together so fast. They really didn't have anything to say. So,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> perfect. That's impressive yeah. that you can work in that environment and still. I mean, it takes a crafty hand, uh, you know at at times for sure. But you know, it's so common yeah. to see you know production, you know installation, woodworking being done largely with tools like power tools. That yeah, I, to, to bring out to bring out some just sharp steel and and skill that's uh it's got to be got to feel good
2: oh yeah it does i i use the power tools as much as i can uh to cut a baseline or whatever but in this case there was really no better way to do it Hand tools were the best way i could have broke out a router but then you know i would have had to finish the end with the chisel anyway so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and made a giant mess that i had to clean up
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's uh all much nice so is it is it all torn down inside there where you i mean you're able to i mean are they is everything stripped down to like bare walls essentially and you're uh, you're redoing it or only in parts i'm just imagining any of that work being done it
2: it was it's at it's all drywall uh there's all trim and stuff going in i'm doing these door jams on the outside kind of to keep me busy i think uh We have a load of stuff coming next week, and then I'm going to be making this fairly intense bench seat window trim kind of thing that's all flush and perfectly flat and perfectly square. And, you know, and there's no nails in anything, (laughs) you know, there's no nails, no screws, no anything. They don't want to see any nail holes or anything like that, so... It's a pretty, pretty big challenge.
1: Mm-hmm. Dominoes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, Dominoes, biscuits, whatever. But you still have to clamp it to the wall. Yeah. You know, push yeah, sticks, uh, whatever.
1: Yeah, that's going to be interesting.
0: Is yeah, that yeah. decision? Is it an aesthetic decision? If you had, you know, I realize this is not that kind of work, but if you had some uh, joint held together with pocket screws that no one could see, would, would they ever be the wiser? Is it is it a matter of aesthetics, or they want the truly, you know,
2: a a, a crafts piece? No, it's what just what you can see. Okay, I can pocket screw it together, and if oh. I can, I will. <laughs> sure. it's about time. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I. I don't know how much of my feed you guys remember, but I was making architectural millwork stuff before this job. And I made beams, was a big thing that I made, beam wraps. Mm-hmm. And so I actually have a crake machine that I use in an unusual way. Most people use it to put face frames together and mitered stuff together. I used them as clamps for uh, blowing up stuff. Long grain to long grain.
0: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I actually took out all the pocket screws and wow. just left, left the glue. You know, use it as a glue joint mm-hmm. and reuse the same box of pocket
1: screws for three years. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. I've been working on my supply. I don't do a ton, but, you know, I, when I originally got it, I got the, like, little tackle box full of the assortment of yeah. screws. And I think yeah. I've only had their buy more of one type I, I didn't i don't again do that much but that's not bad like you, you know in times that you don't need it you know the glue's going to do the majority of the work yeah just back them back out
2: well yeah yeah exactly and i would just hmm. take them out at the very end after everything was totally dry and you, when the guy was just about to pick them up i'd back out all the screws when i had basically nothing else to do and throw them back in the box i had probably about 2000 screws that i used over and over Unfortunately, not too long before I stopped, I decided to buy the giant box, and now I have a giant box.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At least (laughs) screws don't go bad.
2: Yeah, well, I have like 5,000 more of them, so i got to find something something to use them on.
1: (laughs) Start leaving them in just a few at a time.
2: I started leaving them in all the time. (laughs)
1: just because you got to Uh,
2: yeah and I still have a lot of them left
1: crazy alright Diami, top that what's on your bench (laughs) Uh, well right now
0: on my bench is um, one of my many dust deputies and the Rockler blade cleaning tub that looks kind of like what you drain your oil into Mm -hmm. Um, because over the weekend over the weekend? yesterday on, uh, on Wednesday, I was cutting down the mantles I'm working on, and I have the top and bottom, which are only, you know, they're roughly three quarters of an inch thick. Um, so it's about an inch and a half thick with the two of them right on top of each other. And I was uh, cutting them with my track saw, and it was smoking and burning and all sorts of, uh, of, of char marks are left on the, on the back Yikes. of the cut, which thankfully it was. it's the recess for the chimney. So it's the back face. No one's ever going to see it. Um, I'm not really all that concerned, but I managed to blow the 20-amp circuit that the only things plugged into it were my my Festool vacuum and the track saw that was plugged into the vacuum. I managed to blow the circuit three times in the course of a six-and-a-half-foot cut. That's crazy.
1: Wow. Um, yeah. what, um, what, I was just talking electrics with my dad today. Okay. What gauge wire are in those outlets?
0: Uh, the Besides walls your- are all done in twelve three. Oh, because I wired them, and that's what I like. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then it was the Festool extension cord in the you know the the vacuum cord. So
1: and that would just yeah I mean you those obviously. T- tracks, what's that Mike? Those
2: tracks. Uh, those track saws uh, tend to uh, draw a lot of amps when they don't have a sharp blade because hmm. they you know they're kind of variable speed. You know, they actually kick up the juice when the load is there. Uh-oh. So uh, they do draw a lot of power when they're struggling.
0: Right, right. I just assumed, I thought that the vacuum had a 15-amp limit. So I would have assumed something would blow in the vacuum before I blew the 20-amp fuse, but apparently not. Mm. But regardless, yeah. the blade's been soaking since last night. When I came in for the mm-hmm. podcast, I flipped it over. Um, so tomorrow I'll, I'll scrub it off, and hopefully it'll be in good shape. Of course, for this project, I'm done with it, but... I'll put it away clean <laughs> for um, next
3: time.
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So what, you, what's, what's like? do you use for, What do you use for blade cleaner?
0: Uh, the, whatever the Rockwell pitch and tar remover is. I have the, the kit,
2: I say Rockwell, Yeah. Uh, Rockler. The, um, Rockler, um, Rockler. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It seems to work pretty well. I've had the same container of cleaner for a couple of years now. Um, yeah, does, does a nice job.
1: Is that something you can just let soak and then pour it right back in?
0: You yeah. Can, you can let you, you pour it back in. So,
1: you don't have to filter out whatever grime is coming off it or anything. I don't. <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you would do that. It's not like it floats to the surface. I'm sure it's you know. Yeah. It may yeah. not pour back in as easily. It might be gummed up in the bottom that you scrape out at the end. Of what I
0: find is I spill a little bit every time. So <laughs> right now I have one. I was what I was thinking is I was actually going to throw it, take the blade off my uh, table saw and throw it in too. Um, but this the the tub that comes in the kit it's got to be like a 13-inch diameter because it's big enough to take the 12-inch blade off the miter saw. So mm-hmm. Nice. Um, it's a real big tub. By the time I poured the entire contents of cleaner into it, it didn't have enough to completely cover the one blade I dropped in it.
1: Oh, yeah, you're getting low. Um, yeah, yep. so
0: that's why I flipped it over. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you know next time I really need it, I'll, I'll order another container, of cleaner. Um, so in any event, that's what's on my actual bench. But what... Mm-hmm. What often serves as an assembly bench in the shop, which is what now my desk right now as we're podcasting, what I have there is the components of the mantle I'm working on. Mm. So uh, this past Saturday, well, let me backtrack. The, since we last recorded, I've gotten a ton of work done on the entertainment center. Um, I I'm basically ready to cut my joinery, but to do that, I had to make a relatively complicated story stick. I made this flat platform that will hold the vertical components that I can register against fences and then slide the domino against the same fence to get consistent reference marks. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to redo that at one point because I realized that when I connected the vacuum to the domino, it took up more space than without the vacuum hose connected and the (laughs) the little fence was too tall so I had to rip it down. Um, So I've got everything ready to go. So next time I work on the entertainment center. I'm going to do all my dominoes and then I can start working on the edges of the horizontal pieces and then start doing my pre-finishing and then I'll be ready to carry it downstairs and assemble it. So I'm, I got a long way to go on it, but I actually made progress with it. But Saturday we had a family party. So I dragged my brother-in-law and two of my cousins over and I made them help me carry these 12 foot long pieces of the entertainment center out of the garage, Suckers. back down into my basement. <laughs> so, um, so I could reach my table saw again. So then I started in earnest on the, uh, on the mantle. And I worked all day on Sunday on the mantle and a little bit on Monday and a bit on Wednesday. And I'm trying, I don't know how, if this is realistic, but I'm trying to get the mantle done by the beginning of August. Um, the mantle is just basically a hollow oak box it's about 12 mm-hmm. inches deep seven foot long and about four and a half five inches thick
1: but it, it's oh, just okay. floating by itself it's not exactly like what I okay. what I've
0: got yeah. glued up are some double pieces of three/quarter inch plywood so they're about an inch and a half thick and one of them will get tapcond or maybe Zamax, but some sort of masonry anchor into the brick of the chimney as a back mm-hmm. cleat and then I'm gonna make Three or four I haven't finally decided how arms that come out of it. And the arms are gonna have I don't know if I can describe this properly, but they're gonna have a recess towards the back on the top edge. And then on the underside of the top of the mantle, I'm gonna mm-hmm. glue a cleat along the width of the mantle. So the what they're gonna do is once I have these these arm pieces attached to the masonry of the chimney, the mantle itself will slide over them and this cleat will drop into the notch Mm -hmm. and prevent it from coming out so you'll be able to lift it up and pull it out but it should be held against the chimney once it locks in the notch that's that's the goal so now i've got all my pieces here as i'm staring at them and i just need to now assemble them into a mantle
1: cool so yeah you're not actually you're not actually fastening the mantle proper
0: correct correct it's basically like a
1: relieve the cleats basically make make cleats out of the attachment pieces that you would normally see on something like that that yeah, it's cool. So what just registers in there and holds it tight.
0: Yeah, yeah. It should be like a floating shelf, essentially. Um, and yeah, then a- I have to finish it. It's matching the uh, the balusters on the staircase in the same room, which are black dyed oak. Um, okay. So I made it all out of some oak I had, and I now, once it's all assembled, I have to dye the whole thing absolutely pitch black and then put some lacquer over it.
1: Was that red oak? That
0: It is here? just red oak. Um. So the, the customer, that, that's
1: probably why you got so much pitch on that saw and burned it. You know, it it is, certainly could not be. Not nice.
0: Yeah. And, and having, working on it, I remember why, I, there's many reasons I don't like oak per se, but <laughs> um, I, don't like it aesthetically, I haven't but grown, exactly. I don't, I don't even like it aesthetically, but I haven't grown fond of working on yeah. it. Uh, but uh, I had the oak, so it was convenient that that's what they wanted. And I met, I think I can finish this project and I will be completely out of oak and I will not have had to buy any. So um, <laughs> that's been nice.
1: That's, that's impressive. Very, that you had you had that much oak. That's, I, mean, that's, I had some um, left
0: over from the crosses I made a couple years ago.
1: Uh, okay,
2: that's very similar mm-hmm. to the mantles that I make for one of my clients. Uh, just box, you know, just a five sided box. Right. Uh, many, 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 many of those I've made. <laughs> now, how do they attach to the chimney? Uh, all these get stone that go all around the perimeter, so they just put a two by four on the wall and screw through the top into the two by four.
0: Oh, okay, that'll work.
2: Yeah, and then they I've have giant. They have giant corbels that go underneath them that are about twelve by twelve by eight inches thick of solid alder, oh, wow. cut into a corbel type shape, you know, on the bandsaw. Mm-hmm.
0: And then the, the screws that are in the top into the into the two by four they just get hidden by the stone when they when they veneer the pl- the chimney.
2: Yep, exactly. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, and they go and they go into all the McMansions. Uh, you know, there's a couple of McMansion developments around here, and that's where they go. Mm. Hey. McMansion. If somebody's
0: got to make mantles for McMansions, it might as well be you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what's what's Absolutely. a McMansion? What's a McMansion? A McMansion?
1: Yeah. A McMansion where have you
2: lived for the just last thirty a giant years? Giant track house. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It's a it's a giant track house where people think you know their house is really fancy but it's actually just a very large track house with uh, a little nicer appliances, a little nicer uh, countertops and stuff like that but it's actually just a very large track house.
0: And okay. typically they're built to look fancy but they they break every rule of proper design and they're oh yeah usually hideous.
2: I have no, I have no pictures of any of that stuff (laughs) (laughs) and I'm not going to, it doesn't look good, huh? No, no, they're,
0: uh, they're, 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 well, I'm sure some of our listeners listen to them. And if you do, I'm sure yours is delightful, but as a general rule, they're, they're not delightful. Uh, My work
2: in those will remain unsigned,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but Sean, what's going on on your bench?
1: Oh, my bench is currently a back porch that I'm still demolishing. Mind you, I'm not, this is not for, no one's paying anybody for this, so it's it's kind of slow and methodical. In
0: fact, I believe Um, this project is actually costing you money.
1: It will cost me money. Uh, Well, yeah, but (laughs) oddly enough, by the end of it, I think it will save me money, because what I hope to do is insulate this space in such a way that it actually improves my house's circulation circulation like like it's as far as hvac goes i oh. think it's going to actually improve it okay in a weird way other than putting a trunk out there <laughs> but um yeah they're going to tighten up the house I'm, gonna, I, I'm literally insulating walls that have never been insulated before i'm Yeah. getting better attic ventilation uh yeah there's all sorts of stuff and i i i learned some things about hvac this week that i never knew I, I never really paid attention to it, but the whole idea that your supply and your return should be on different elevations. If you feed high, you'd suck low. And if you feed low, you suck high. Because okay. it just creates a cross flow. Right. That in, in my house, and mind you, I have a small house, but I have three cold air returns that are all on the floor and my vents are on the floor. And so all the air in my house, basically just skirts across about knee level and mm-hmm. it does, doesn't does circulate well. It's, it's it's warm all with all the time in the summer and it just, anyway. So this new room, I'm 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 gonna like modify air returns in my entire house as a result of this project anyway. But um, I and I have to say, as I'm I'm demoing this, so this was a three season porch with like installed wall to wall windows. They were like double sliders stacked on each other, right across, uh, like bypass uh, sliders. Um, hats off to whoever installed these things. Um, they either my porch was designed around the windows or the windows were so expertly cut to fit it was the biggest pain in the butt to get them out now the windows themselves coming out but it was actually a case where the screens on the outside held Mm -hmm. the frame together wow it was really really well done and the caulking this was installed in the 70s so we were talking easily 40 years old and I had to seriously cut like through caulking. I tried scoring it and ripping it, and it was it was just stretching. So that stuff, wow. whatever they used, was the stuff to use. And um, it's probably it was, pure I mean, asbestos. It, I, it might be. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm working ungloved, undust masked. I'm just cutting it. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. My kids are out there with. There's me. no
0: OSHA for homeowners.
3: Yeah.
1: No, there isn't. I actually yelled at my son today because he was like leaning over a ladder trying to screw something way out of his reach, uh, unscrew a screw. I said, you are not OSHA. As I climbed up on a railing and wrapped around an outside corner to do the same thing. So no, there's no, there's definitely no OSHA. Um, So yeah, so demoing that and and looking into, you know, how to insulate a crawl space properly because this is the first time it's going to be actually Lived over, so oh. we kind of have to do it properly. It was just a three season porch before. While I mean, it was a I had a sliding glass door that went onto this thing. It was never air conditioned. It was never anything. So I've got to go down there and make it pretty much airtight. Run HVAC through it. Run electric through it because I've got. I as as I would love to run power up and in. I have got a header because it was all windows surrounding it, hundred percent. So I have to bring everything from below. Or I'd be coring through a header. So I don't know. Um I got a drill. <laughs> I don't I don't want to I'm actually I'm I'm happy because now I've got it all exposed this tonight, but actually before I came in here, we took out the fourteen foot section of Windows and so right now it's just a knee wall and a header there. Um and it's it's you know it look looks good, spans well, and uh um I'm I'm happy to, to see what they used to put it together. Actually, I've never seen this before and I don't know why, but there's a there was a screen door to leave this thing onto onto the porch. And I the first time tonight I exposed it. I took the window off the side of it and I'm taking trim off it. It's a four by four post on either side of that door. They didn't wow. double up a two by four. They didn't do anything cute like that. I mean it was like a eight foot tall pine four by four. Rough on one side, but for whatever reason, when I I exposed the face of it, I'm like, "Oh, it looks. This looks like a two by, that's just." And I was assuming it's nailed from the other side, but I so I'm gonna get two good four by fours out of this, which is kind of cool. Paying back, a little bit. Work, workbench. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I need. I just need about six more of those, and I'll be okay. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's a that's an adventure. But in this, um, bi- last time we talked i was just pulling down the ceiling and we were dealing with with insulation and stuff and we've got like bags of insulation um so i on a on a whim or with reason i stopped by my local woodcraft and i picked up a dust deputy so i finally have a dust deputy oh which works great for insulation and on a little what do i have i've got a little like two horse six gallon shop back the tiniest little r2d2 red thing okay that i think they sell it's not powerful enough to pick up nails which is actually great in this case because there's nails littered all over this thing. Okay. Um, but uh, but it it does great with uh, insulation.
0: Just and this is like like rock wool you said right? It's just kind of a a dry powdery stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's just gray dry powder. Okay. I don't know what it is. It's blown in, but I don't I don't know what it's made of. I hope to hell it's not asbestos. <laughs> what were they insulating in the late seventies? <laughs> Uh, I
2: think asbestos? yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so we'll see call me in 40 years see how my lungs are doing <laughs> and my kids for that matter so I <laughs> might have done them a disservice because they like I came home Oops. one day and they had they had pulled a like a three by five panel down and it, it crashed over their head and just showered that shit everywhere
0: I do not want your kids or my kids to get asbestosis that being said how do I get my kids to work on the house when I'm not home <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't know. And actually I'd it, like
2: to know that. Well,
1: <laughs> part part of the thing is you, you keep them in a 10 by 12 room until one's a teenager and one will be a teenager in a year and a half. And then you say, you know what? We're going to make this your new bedroom. Uh, to one so, so you're and, saying
0: I did my kids a disservice by giving them, their, giving them their own rooms when they were four?
1: Yeah, they're never going to. They, they don't want anything else.
0: I fear it's too late well, to you, go back.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you could move into one of their rooms or something else and force them into, and then then reflexively after <laughs> the fact, go, and then say, you know what? If we do this, and you help, we go. so.
0: We actually turned the laundry room into Stephen's room, and <laughs> for years, when people would come over the house, he would tell them that he lived in the laundry room.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So you That's made. Room. I'm I'm making more room, but it literally on a thing that wasn't even connected to the house before. So, well, it's connected, but it's not used by the house. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good. And so if, when this project is finally done, I'll then I'll get a Dust Deputy in my shop, which will be nice. I don't create a ton of sawdust, but sanding will be better, which will be nice. They work great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my I got my dad one years ago, probably five, six years ago for Christmas or something. I was like, oh, Dust Deputy, here he goes, right when they came out.
0: As I look around, if you count the Super Dust Deputy, I have four.
1: How big is oh. the Super?
0: How big is it it's about well it's uh one two it's three uh one and a half pint beer glasses <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. so I,
0: actually i do have a tape measure let me see I'll tell you. It's...
2: <laughs> i have the small i have the small clear view
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd like that. D- yeah. They're not even making those anymore, are they? Or are they again?
2: No, they are again. I, d- okay. I don't know. It was the cheapest option at the at the time. I ordered it, so I just ordered the one that was the cheapest. Yeah, it works fine. I,
1: I Because of just my lack of planning, it was uh, I know that I can get them at Woodcraft, and it's a mile away from my work, so I just phew, shot over there and picked it up on my way the, home. And...
0: The Super is 24 inches tall.
1: Okay. It's um, just a different cyclone. Otherwise, well, it's the same thing. Or does it have different connections? It it's so got
0: a it has a six inch output and a five inch input. So oh it's wow. like it's my my actual dust collector. It's the heart of my oh, yeah. cyclone. Mm-hmm. Um, I took an old. I've always called it the bastard dust collector, and I, I took an old, like I forget what they're called, but there's a style where it's a fi- I think it's a dust boy. There's a fifty five gallon drum, and it's got an impeller, and it's on the top of the drum. And it blows out into a bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have that impeller mechanism as the motor i've got the super dust deputy i've got a wind filter i, I basically built a cyclone myself yeah you did um and it's it's fantastic uh, i absolutely love it and then yeah got, that
2: was pretty cool uh, thank you
0: um it, it's it's been working like a charm um but i've got a dedicated dust deputy connected to the smallest rigid shop vac i could get on a switch underneath my miter saw so that it mm-hmm. kicks on and off every time i use the miter saw um, oh, nice. Because the miter is better with high velocity, and it was not practical to hook the dust collector up to it. And then I've got my stupid black static-free or static conducting or I don't know. the only thing you need <laughs> for the stupid Festool vacuum. Um, <laughs> and then I finally broke down. I, bought, I got another one um, because I realized that as I'm working at my bench, I was constantly taking – disconnecting the Festool hose with whatever tool I was using. And plugging in my rigid hose to vacuum off things, especially when I'm sanding, I like to vacuum in between grits. Um, so I had an I had a an old rigid shop vac from my old house that I had up in the attic. So I got a dust deputy for that that I just use really to vacuum around the bench. So that's why I have so many.
1: Yeah. No. They're they're worth it. I mean, and they're yeah. small enough that you know, and they're they're not dreadfully expensive. I I got the one that has like it came with the buckets and the bolts and the gasket and everything. So it's, I
0: it's hard to mount it on a bucket.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I, I they had both, and I went, mm, but I don't want to go to the hardware store now and get crap, and and mm. I just it's all it's all in there. It's fine. You know? well, so? Go ahead.
0: I'll tell you the last one I set up. It probably took me about a day and a half to mount it because mm-hmm. um, I forget the name of the company, but there's a company that makes five-gallon bucket lids where there's a ring that snaps out of the bucket and it's female-threaded, and then there's a right. piece that goes inside the threads on, Yeah, and that's what I mounted it on, but the piece of threads is corrugated and it's it's not simple, so I had to get a three-quarter-inch plywood ring on top of that, and it's, it was a process, but now I can just unscrew it, which is kind of cool
1: yeah that's nice. yeah that's not bad the um mine i uh what did i do yeah i, I brought it home i i cut it open in the kitchen and i assembled it in about 15 minutes so yeah that. yeah if
0: you're not going to go get nice. stupid complicated they work very well yeah, <laughs> that, mine, yeah took I just... <laughs> mine
1: took a
2: couple of hours a couple of hours i had a i had a i have uh very similar to yours, Diarmi. Have a old Ryobi dust collector that was basically just a big vacuum with a barrel at the bottom, just okay. like yours. Yep. And the and the brush is burned out, and which is a pretty bad idea on a vacuum. It's like <laughs> talk about uh, fire hazard. <laughs> it was smoking, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, this is full of dust. Uh, <laughs> that was exciting, but then I tore the whole thing apart, and then I was like, oh, there, that's where the cyclone's going on top of that. Yeah, right. So I had to make a little, you know, MDF adapter, but now it's on top of there. and Now I have like 40 gallons of, you know, dust before I have to empty it. So that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the only downside of this thing is, is the, yeah, it's every, every five gallons or so you're dumping yeah. out. So if you're in a, if you're creating a ton of dust, I mean, it, it doesn't work for any, any machinery standard. Yeah you know that'll take some time to get up but you know just just vacuuming up uh you know insulation that was spilled on the floor i had to dump it two it, three times just in a little room
0: but it's it's the standard clear one right mm mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and your, the clear view is clear also right Mike?
1: yes it is i, I think clearer. yeah like, totally clear but what yeah, i find totally
0: clear. the the regular ones that i have are clear but the one that's for the festool is black and when I lit the MDF dust inside of it on fire a couple projects ago, the black was a little bit of a uh, of an issue because I couldn't see inside. Um, yeah. But I don't typically light what's, on, what's inside of it on fire. So what's the bigger issue is the super dust deputy is black. And I have overfilled the bin to the point where it stops the cyclonic action. And I didn't realize it. And then it took my pleated filter and completely filled that with sawdust, which was fun. Mm. I know um, when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> so do I. Um, so That's <laughs> not fun. I, I've learned to just check it, and I, I haven't had that happen more than once, but it'd be kind of nice if it was clear. And frankly, you know, I'm a sucker for these things. It'd just be fun to watch because the little veins it makes and the spirals, it's it's kind of cool.
2: And it's kind of funny because then you need a vacuum to vacuum your vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well at the bottom I need another vacuum. At
0: the bottom of my filter I have a five gallon bucket that's that screws onto the bottom. So I unscrewed that and I disconnected the inputs and I just turned the blower on and it just blew everything down out of the bottom. So it was like it was like my dust collector exploded all over the floor, but I didn't actually (laughs) have to put a vacuum on it. Yeah, Yeah. but it cleaned
1: itself out. Nice feature. Uh, Very cool.
2: I actually have something on my actual bench instead of my workbench. What's that? There was some pictures quite a while back, but I actually have some Krenoff sawhorses that are mostly done that I've, of course, uh, added my own flair to. But uh, hopefully those will get done, I don't know, before the end of the year. Who knows?
0: The the Krenoff sawhorse is basically like a trestle leg and... The, the top slides yeah. up and down and, and locks into different heights with pins. Is that the current of source? source? Uh,
2: actually, it's a fixed height. It just has a, a, a trestle that goes across the bottom and a rail that goes across the top. I modified it a little bit. I'm putting a little bit of a wider profile piece on the top So, because uh, I'm really not going to use them for finishing or anything. I just want it to support stuff, but... I just had to make them, uh, you know. My uh, my mentor was uh, went to the College of the Redwoods. Oh, so, okay. Uh, summer program a couple of times, and uh, it was just something I had to make. So, uh, and how cool are you know through mortise and tenon sawhorses in your shop? <laughs> I mean, come on, pretty cool. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> and
0: I believe it's now called the James Kredoff School of Woodworking. Didn't they change their name recently?
2: They just did. Yes, they did. I saw that. Yeah. Excellent. I got a
0: notification cool. on one, probably Facebook, but one of the social networks I follow them on.
2: Um, yeah, I think I saw it on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Now, Sean, you've... Yes, apparently, the cool kids are doing something other than sitting in their shop... With the fan blowing on them because it's so freaking hot. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I won't, I won't say I'm actually kind of cold in my basement right now. But um, yeah, it seems like all the cool kids are at AWFS this week, which will be done by the time we record it. But um, I, I always knew that as a, an industry show. Mm-hmm. And now now people like Matt Cremona and Mark Spagnolo have been doing what they're doing for long enough that they're being asked to speak at that show. Which Is, is crazy. Matt speaking? I didn't realize Matt was speaking. I knew he at least is working in the Triton tent, yeah, or I, I, table. Either but way, I he's, think
0: he, he's still there.
1: Yeah, um, he's there. I mean, and a- April Wilkinson, Wilkerson's there. And then I'm, yeah. I'm seeing pictures of like them meeting up with people. I'm like, why, you know, <laughs> that, that hey, was always let's... a you know a, ser- a serious like where you're seeing like cabinet maker yeah. CNC kind of show. Not
2: well. Let's put it. Let's put it this way. You know who used to do shows like that?
1: Norm. Norm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, now Mac is
2: there doing those shows. Yeah. That's pretty pretty darn cool.
1: Look at that guy. Yeah, I knew him man. when and,
2: and Mark, yeah.
1: I I'm I, I met him cool. I think before he I think while well, he still had a day job. <laughs> you know. Matt, but, okay. you, yeah, do you remember when he came up to us?
0: He, I think we were You guys we met him the, the WIA I oh, wasn't there. That's um, right and I accosted him at the following one and he's like but I I did this <laughs> last year I was like you're doing it again Matt come on uh, <laughs> but so, no it's
1: it's it's awesome to see uh, when you know all those guys you know and girls you know absolutely. making it making it to the 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 quote unquote big time
2: absolutely yeah
1: i just thought it was it was interesting and that it, uh it seems like there's, there's a, there.
0: a lot of between um like Braxton's there with all the Turners and Carl Jacobson um, mm-hmm. It seems like it seems like it'd be a beyond just the, the cool stuff that they seem to have there um, in terms of the products and both this practical stuff that we would use and the stuff that's just amazing where you you dump in wood chips and a finished mantle comes out the other end. <laughs> yeah, um, right. yeah. It, it just it seems like it's becoming more like the other uh, other events in that there's a social component to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, uh, you know around the show but you know it during the show it's it seems like yeah there's a lot more you know welcome to the average guy kind of thing it doesn't have to be you don't have to be a general contractor or or a business owner to to Mm -hmm. attend
2: it's the only way they can get regular people to come
1: that's true it's absolutely true and if i I have no idea what a ticket price is to come in the door or if it's pure Mike. you're a lot
0: closer than we are
1: Oh, yeah.
2: No, I've I've never been. I I never even considered going until I saw all the ads and fine woodworking for Kyle. Oh yeah, Toth they're there too. And, and they yeah. Thing. And yeah. I and I and I was like, hmm and I honestly I I don't know, I still might. It's about eight hours away, but I'm oh. I'm kind of a crazy guy when I uh when it comes to driving. Um, <laughs> driving is really not an issue for me. I did drive forty uh, four hundred miles in four days to pick up my joiner so uh wow i'm i'm i have been known to do you know crazy things when it comes to driving just to do something fun so who knows we'll see how this weekend works out we'll say hi to everyone if you you do go yeah right you know what else
0: is right now is san diego comic-con if you want to just keep going
2: yeah i don't (laughs) want to go to that that's (laughs) That is probably just a wee bit too crowded for me.
0: Oh, I can only imagine. I've, I've never been, but I've dropped off and picked up my wife and son from New York Comic Con, and it's mm-hmm. a madhouse. And I can only imagine San Diego is worse.
2: Oh yeah, well it's the original. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I've heard, I follow a lot of comedians and stuff, and uh, most of them can't even stand to go anymore because <laughs> it's uh it's just a madhouse.
0: Yeah, we should be so lucky. Yeah, right?
2: yeah exactly. Yeah, we, we can just cheer Matt and Kyle and Mark on because uh, that and, – and April because all that – all those guys, you know, a big show like that. That's that's pretty cool for, yeah. you know, our, our community. Absolutely it
0: is. Absolutely. Now, yeah, Sean, is this the same Arbortech mill review that we kind of ignored last week or is this yes. someone else?
1: Yeah, no, it's the same one. I left it in there because we didn't really talk – Okay. about it um i didn't I, I mean we mentioned it and so i i just let it let it float in yep. there for a bit
0: I, I, I will uh i will admit my ignorance in not having watched the review yet um have you seen it how what is uh this is we're talking about on youtube paul jenkins has a review of the ArborTech ball mill which looks like a really cool uh sculpting addition to their line of carving tools that fit on angle grinders mm-hmm. um have you seen paul's video sean
1: I, yeah, I did. I, I watched it, and um, it 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 he goes through it really kind of quickly, and he's making a um, like a simple spoon out of it, but um, just showing kind of how it, how it operates. And it, it it digs a little deeper. I think if you're perpendicular, and then softens as you roll sideways, or vice versa, one of those two. Okay. Um, but I mean, it looking at it and knowing what it is. I mean, it's a spinning circular blade. Well, round blade, I guess, and it's coming around. It looks like it would just eat the hell out of you if it touched you, but he, he had a soft enough touch on the wood that it was just kind of like gently, just. It didn't look like it grabbed at all. Um, it, it looks, I mean, really, really good.
0: So I'm going to cut right to the chase. Could I use <laughs> it to carve a pedestal that looks kind of like an octopus? Oh, I think so. Okay.
1: I, I can't tell how, how much of. Serious removal, it will do. It doesn't mm-hmm. have, you know, the the because of how I think the blade is oriented on the ball, it has a limit to even if you pressed into it, it's only going to remove maybe a, a heavy eighth of an inch at right, a time. Right. Yeah. So, and I don't know if it's what it would do if you like tried to plow in with it, as opposed to move it across. surface. Well, I would
0: think that, like any of the tools, uh, any of their carving tools, you want to take, you're better, you're better off with a number of. S- shallow cuts rather than one Hmm. deep cut um, because you just lose control of
1: it yeah the the weird thing i get or I, i feel about it and it's been a long time since i've used a serious angle grinder but the um you know with that thing sticking out so many inches away from the the body of the grinder you don't have like a reference surface you can't touch any part of that thing other than the thing that's cutting so you got to have a really kind of careful hand. Although yeah. you've done more power carving than I've done, I, so I've I
0: have. But all the power carving I've done has been with with discs, essentially. Both the mm-hmm. um, the turbo plane from ArborTech, and I like the uh, the discs, um, and I have a handful of other ones, but they're all discs. I, mm-hmm. I have from ArborTech. I don't remember what they call it, but it's essentially this this shaft, like an inch in diameter shaft that has a cutter at the end of it. So it's kind of like the ball mill. The ball mill is basically that shaft with a round cutter at the end. This is a flat cutter at the end. Um, the, I think they call it a turbo something. Um, yeah, okay. And I picked it up at a discount at a show. Maybe maybe we were working live. I don't remember where I got it. Um, and I've not done any power carving since I got it. So I haven't had the opportunity to use it yet. But I'm also kind of nervous about that same thing. But what, what The advantage of the one I got is you can like – plow it down into wood to almost make, um, almost bore holes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that would be good for deep material removal, but, um, I'll be interested to try, to try out the bull mill. I definitely want to get my hands on one.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. It looks, it looks really interesting. It's just, it's just the offset that, that kind of doesn't scare me. I just, I need to know what that feels like in my hand and I'm sure I'd be tentative at first, at least when, placing
0: it on right I, and i would hope it'd be like the discs i know i was tentative to start with the discs but you very quickly get the feel of them um mm-hmm. and really the, even with the discs though it's not sticking out that far so you feel like you have more control because your hands are physically closer to the cutting surface um they they're very easy to control i found um yeah. that, mike are you familiar with what we're talking about the ball mill?
2: uh i'm not a Familiar with the ball mill. I'm familiar with a lot of the other stuff. Uh, I'd be more inclined to wear a flak jacket the first time.
0: Uh,
2: <laughs> I, I was going to use something like that. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not a real. I guess I just haven't done it enough. I I do have a, a Harbor Freight carbide disc uh, that's similar to the King Arthur Galahad. Okay. Uh, in a in a very cheap uh super Jippo knockoff way. Now uh, that's
0: the one with like the, the, um, the chainsaw b-
2: blades around it. No, I find that thing extremely frightening. hell. Uh, yeah, yeah, I will. I won't use that. I tried that. I literally tried that thing for like 10 seconds and took it straight off my grinder. That thing was way too frightening to use. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it really digs in. That thing is scary. Okay. Uh, with a little with a little chainsaw teeth. Uh, yeah, I don't think a chainsaw is supposed to go like ten thousand rpms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but mine is like the fo- the four and a half inch disc. Uh, the, the King Arthur Sir Galahad, I think it's called, has like the uh, carbide pins. Okay. Like uh, like needle points. Yep, I know. Out. I know the style
0: blade you're talking about.
2: Yeah, that I'm sure works brilliantly uh i have the super cheap harbor freight version that's just little hunks of carbide on there and actually it works great and it's only eleven dollars oh that's Uh, not bad
0: at all now is it is it those is it the rows of the little pointy teeth or is it just like random carbide on there
2: it's rows of pointy teeth on the real one and uh i know it works i've seen people use it uh it works really well I would just be wearing it out on what I was using it for. That's but, why I bought the cheap one.
0: On the cheap one, are they still defined rows of teeth, or is it just random carbide?
2: No, it's just random. It looks like uh, like 12-grit sandpaper. That, okay,
0: that's it's very similar random. to the cut Oh,
2: okay. The cutsole is it,
0: random bits of carbide.
2: Yeah, and it works great. Yeah. It works fantastic. I could definitely do power carving with it uh in whatever kind of material and i would have i would have no qualms you know using it for that and i would buy three or four extras they're only like eleven dollars so i, I didn't uh, even realize
0: that harbor freight sold such a piece i'll have to go down to harbor freight and check them out because i have the Cutsall ones which are are wonderful but they're not cheap they're like 80 bucks a pop
2: i used one uh and it distressed every uh beam and every mantle that i made for about two years so quite a bit and it's still sharp and uh some guys at the job site are borrowing it and they're grinding on oak with it and it still works fine so that's pretty good for 11 bucks yeah hell yeah
0: something to be said for carbide
2: yeah exactly pretty
1: cool let's let's just dig right into more about mike i guess
0: yeah so like you're now working on on a on a house on a large project but mm-hmm. when i started following you a couple of years ago and up until fairly recently you were yes. you were making individual pieces for clients rather than working on a job site is that right
2: yes yes uh rather unsuccessfully uh, as as my checkbook would attest to it um mm-hmm. uh, Uh, for the last three years or so i was making mostly stuff for one contractor and it was beams and mantles and mirror frames and with the occasional uh you know commission for something else but i really just wasn't making any money and i'm really not any kind of a salesman uh construction wise i feel like i'm okay. As a salesman, uh, online and social network, uh, you know, I've made a pretty large group of friends. I think I can handle that. But as far as driving, you know, house to house, and looking for houses that are under construction. That's, I did that a long time ago when I had a business with my dad and just, that's really just not me. You know, I'm not really that kind of a pushy salesman kind of guy. So, you know, to my own detriment, obviously, um, And uh, just trying to make a little bit more money and and put some money away to, you know, do a different version of my own business. Um, So that's why, you know, I took a job uh, actually working and, you know, basically making double what I was making, you know, at home. Of course, now I have to commute and, you know, get up really early, which kind of bites. But, you know.
0: I think we we feel your pain. Oh,
2: absolutely. Well, you don't don't feel my pain because I used to start whenever the heck I wanted to. And usually that was about nine. And I just worked until my wife got home. So, yeah, don't feel sorry for me. I had it pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I had it pretty good that way. So
0: I only, you know, I met you when you were first doing that type of work. I didn't realize you did work on job sites before that. So you got started. You're saying you, you worked with your dad. I'm assuming that's how you got started.
2: Yes. I got started in about 1978, believe it or not. Uh, my dad, uh, was kind of a Finnish carpenter kind of dude. And at that time he had just quit from being a cop and a deputy sheriff. And he worked at a cabinet shop in high school and he wanted to get back to that. So he, uh, started working at houses and I started sanding and sweeping at, uh, like 13. Actually that was age 12. Uh, so yeah, at about age 12. And then, uh, we moved to a house where he had his own little cabinet shop in the garage, basically just like I do now. And, uh, he actually, and we actually lived in near Lake Tahoe back then. And so you know, one of the first houses I ever worked on, uh, and worked at was, a kind of a mansion type house in Lake Tahoe. And there's actually, I'll post a couple pictures. Of, oh, that's today. I'll do it after we get off, uh, for <laughs> throwback Thursday. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, there's pictures of me at, uh, age, uh, 13 with a big, uh, perm fro. I don't know why I had that, but was Everybody's a gonna see it now. Yeah, uh, but me with a Yankee screwdriver putting on drawer slides, um, and it just kind of went from there. I I uh, cleaned the shop in high school. I had a moped as soon as uh it was legal for me to, like right when I turned fifteen. So I would, my dad's shop was like eleven miles away at the time, oh, wow. and so I used to ride my used to ride my moped and you know clean out from under the table saw and sweep up and everything and. Christmas vacation, uh, summer vacation, all those vacations. I would go to work and he did stairs. Uh, I'm sure Diami, you've been, you know, you've seen stair guys in your travels, you know, we Mm. did stair railings and all that kind of stuff. And it's
0: a craft uh, onto itself. That's it's impressive.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It's, and it it taught me some really valuable skills that I didn't even know. And until later, but uh, yeah, I mean, and the, my dad's a real ingenious guy. Uh, you know, I never, you know, I just thought he was my dad, but <laughs> you know, you know, later on, I go, wow, he, he did some pretty cool stuff back then. You know, uh, we used to do all kinds of crazy stuff made, uh, you know, curved freestanding stairs and stuff like that. And he kind of came up with an idea on how to do that and, uh, faster and better. And, you know, I learned from that and, uh, we eventually, uh, I got fired. I don't know, three or four times or um, high school after high school. Uh, we didn't get along all that well when we were working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this uh, kind of the beginnings of an American chopper kind of thing. And it really ended up being an American chopper kind of thing later on. Uh, you know, a lot of blowups and, we just really didn't, you know, it's not like I don't like him. Uh, and we're definitely, you know, I don't think we're at odds or anything like we were, you know, like they were. But, uh, you know, uh, working with family's tough. It is. And, uh, yeah, so I was a stair guy for a long time. And um, as my dad always said, you know, he would put stuff together and it would be my job to finish it up. So I actually learned which I had no idea until later. I learned a lot of carving skills. Oh, okay. uh, you know, none of those things fit together. Uh, you know, so you have to carve them into each other and, and, and carve and stuff like that. It's amazing that I could do it with a chisel sharpened on a belt sander. Uh, mm. that's what I think now. I think, wow, how did I get that stuff to look so good with a thing sharpened to one twenty? but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, Learned those skills, you know, made made quite a few, uh, stair rail fittings where we just bolt a block of wood in there and then freehand carve it. And I always thought that was cool, but then I was like, wow, I could actually carve something, you know, I could carve a form or, you know, whatever that, that was a good skill. And then we did tons of miles of, uh, bent laminations for curved railings. And, uh, who know who knew that would be such a great skill Mm -hmm. to have later on in furniture. You know, so, um, I did that up until about 90, 95. And that was you know, all so with
0: your dad or after the multiple firings, no, you were doing stairs on your own?
2: No, that was all with my dad. Uh, whenever he'd fire me early on, I'd go work at chief auto parts or, you know, deliver pizza or something. And then he'd go, I'll give you another dollar an hour if you come back, you know, yeah. so I would come back and, and then he'd fire me again. And you know, then I'd get. And then I go work at Chief Auto Parts and he go, I'll give you another dollar an hour if you come back, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, he go, oh, I'll go, go vacuum out all the, we actually had a wood shop that had, uh, they, he bought a whole huge stock of exotic woods, uh, and he wanted to sell exotic woods, but he, I don't know why it didn't work or whatever, but we had tons of exotic wood. And, you know, when I didn't have anything to do, he's like, oh, go vacuum out the wood. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I got to I got to make something, you know, and he's like, go vacuum out the wood. I'm like, "Nope." He goes, you're going to go do it or you're fired. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm fired, I guess. (laughs) Chief Auto Parts or what, you know, I was stupid and young. Uh, But anyways, you know, I worked for him for a long time and. uh, I ended up moving back and forth across the country a couple times because of uh, some family issues. Uh, and one time I worked at a shutter shop, a shop that basically bought shutters from a manufacturer and, you know, built frames and things like that and, you know, installed them in people's houses. Okay. And so that was, that was a new thing for me. You know, I learned how to use a shaper and, you know, a couple other tools that I didn't know how to use. And then I went back to work with my dad again, we're uh, as partners and stuff, and it didn't work out again. And I moved again and ended up working in an architectural mill workshop oh. uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I really faked my way through that job at first. Uh, I learned really fast, luckily, but uh, what he wanted and the reason he hired me is because he was building a big curve freestanding stairway. And I knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I actually interviewed at another place in the same parking lot, literally same industrial complex. But I don't know why I like this guy, but I did. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm building this stairway. And uh, there's a joiner in this shop that was actually from, <sighs> it was one of the earliest Still to this day, it's one of the earliest joiners I've ever seen. It was like literally from, I don't know if there's joiners from before 1900, but if there is, that's when this was from. This is like one of the earliest joiners and he had, uh, you know, like an outboard motor on it, but I'd, I'd only seen a joiner at other shops. I'd never even touched one or anything but I was watching the other guys, you know, while they were using it, and while I was building the freestanding staircase. Okay. And so, you know, like a week later, he came in and goes, "Well, do you know how to flatten a board? You know, I need you." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, you do it with the face down, and then and then do the edge." And he's like, "Oh okay." And you know, I had only <laughs> seen the other guy do it. i was just like, you know, I I thought I had to remember it, and so I learned a lot of things there. Uh, how to use machines, how to flatten boards, which is a skill that I think is very underrated. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that how much finesse there is with the joiner Mm. and that it's not just a thing that you push wood over, but a thing that you can actually manipulate with pressure and, and think, you know, to make the board do what you want. I, I really, I, actually like to do some videos uh that show that because most you know most people think you just you know push the board and run it across there and it looks beautiful when it's done. Yeah I That's think not- that'd
0: be that'd be great to have some videos like that because um <laughs> not
2: necessarily true. <laughs> I know
0: I know there's a there's a there's a certain flair and finesse to it and sometimes I'm in the zone and I, I get perfect lumber off of it and without touching the joiner other times, yeah. I just can't get my technique right, and I just screw up pieces. Yes. Like, over yeah. the weekend, I was trying to edge. I've got these this lamination that's going to end up being the face of the mantle, and mm-hmm. it's five pieces of oak that are roughly three quarters by like an inch all glued together. Yeah. And I was just trying to edge joint it and it had this wicked cup or, or bow on it. And I was just starting to turn it into a wedge, and I just had st- I stopped, and I went out, and I <laughs> clamped it to my track saw, and I cut a straight line on it because uh, I realized I was going to ruin it on the joiner. I just couldn't get my technique right, but there's definitely a, uh, a technique to it.
2: Yeah, most, most of the day most of the day today, I spent uh, tapering uh, those uh, jam legs on the joiner because so I had to taper them like a quarter of an inch and that's a that's a good skill to have too because uh, mm. you don't necessarily have to do that on a table saw or with a track saw if you're at the joiner you can it's actually pretty easy to do if you you know if somebody shows you how to do it it's not really that hard
0: yeah, you have a you have a joiner on the job site right now?
2: oh yeah it's great it's uh like a six inch grizzly joiner that's about three feet long okay <laughs> no it's not great but uh well, it's it's better than uh, most I, job
0: sites that don't have a joiner. Uh, Mm-hmm.
2: that's true but i'm kind of spoiled as uh most of the job sites i've worked on have had at least a six or an eight inch joiner and the last job site that i was kind of in charge of had a eight inch long bed joiner so uh you know it all depends on what kind of work is getting done at the house this house has mostly pre-finished things that get fit and installed and uh i'm one of the few people actually making stuff at the job so it just depends on that you know what 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 you're doing at the job it's it Mm. it is definitely nice to have it but uh if i didn't i'd be there with my jack plane doing it and who knows what kind of funny looks i'd be getting but i'd be (laughs) doing it. anything but anyway after the after the architectural millwork uh installed cabinets for a couple years and built cabinets uh and had a partner who was one of the other guys that worked at the shop with me and uh then we both decided to move and I moved out here to Lake Tahoe and that's when the economy was booming I applied for like six jobs got like six jobs uh and started working with this company that you know I had no idea how different and how great it was I mean there was a shop with a you know, joiner and planer and bandsaw and all this stuff at the job site, which.
0: Oh, wow. So I they were, to... they were site finish carpenters, I'm assuming, and you were working with them.
2: Yes. And so, and everything had to be perfect. And so, you know, the clients that I have worked for since, you know, too early in 2000 are basically, you know, the wealthiest people in the country, And these are their vacation homes. Right. You know, I work on, I work on houses at Tahoe. I'm not working on their house that costs, you know, 20 million or $50 million. I'm working on the house. They're going to spend two weeks at a year that costs $50 million, you know? So yeah. And which is the house I'm working on now, but you know, it's, it's an entirely different thing. They, it's funny. They still agonize over every little thing. And you know, I spent three years at one of the houses and that accumulated amount of time is more time than the owners will spend there in their entire lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> they will They will never spend a total of three years in that house. It's not even possible because they only go there maybe three weeks a year. And I spent three full years there. So, you know, and they were and they were in their 60s. So, you know, I spent more time there than they did. Yeah. But anyway, when I started working for that company, uh, I had heard about this guy who was the master, and, uh, but he was off dealing with a death in the family, so he wasn't there. But I, all I heard was nonstop about this guy. And, uh, you know, I was young, I was like 30, well, let's see, that was 2000, so I was 34, you know, and thought I knew everything. And uh, I'm like, oh yeah, i well, wait till this guy gets here. I'll show him something, you know. And so uh, I finally met this guy, kind of, and he was he was working on his project, and I'm working on my project, and he didn't really talk to me, you know. He kind of got the cold shoulder from him, and he was working on this curved thing, and uh, I, you know, I walk, I was working in a room, walk by back and forth, you know, multiple times a day, and uh, you know, I once I just stopped and said you know if you if you did this you know it might be a little easier (laughs) and you know because i had done a lot of curb stuff and and he looked at me and gave me this look and said well damn it why didn't you tell me that like a week ago (laughs) (laughs) and then after that we were fast friends you know he kind of you know he wasn't talking to me because he didn't know if i was going to be around you know if i was going to be you know one of the guys that carries around a bunch of tools in a rusty bucket, you know, with a bunch of rusty chisels and stuff in it, or I was going to be doing some real work. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: so he ended up being my mentor. Uh, His name was Kirk Huizenga. And uh, he had gone to the college of the Redwoods and stuff and read a zillion books and was just a, a really great guy to uh, have as a friend and a mentor. And uh, he taught me, everything I know, you know, the first time I saw him, you know, take a card scraper and just peel off a the biggest shaving you've ever seen. I was like, holy cow, <laughs> you got to show me how to do that. You know, and he's like, well, you got to buy one of these, you know, they're seven bucks. And I'm like, wow, you can do that for seven bucks, you know? And after that I was hooked. I, did, I didn't even own a hand plane or anything before that. And then by the end of 2000, you know, I had a couple planes and and uh, sharpening stuff and you know he was super generous with his his time and teaching and at one point uh, you know i he actually he actually would bring like a you know like a workbench like you know like your joeberg workbench that you have Uh And your I, i have one of those too he actually would bring one of those to the job site and i actually worked on the other side of it from him you know like you know I don't know, like show and tell, you know, he'd do something across from me and I'd just be able to copy him, you know, because I'd be right across. So I, you know, learned about shooting boards and, you know, how to sharpen and how to sharpen freehand and all this stuff, like, so quickly. Uh, I took a class on how to make, uh, like, a Krenoff style plane and just, you know, kept learning and learning and learning uh, and then realized that all these skills that I learned a long time ago, were actually real skills you know i never thought that any of them you know i never thought learning how to bend a handrail was like anything special Mm. but then it's like wow i actually i know how to bend this thing you know if we need a curved thing i know how to bend it right you know nobody nobody else knows how to bend it they go oh i don't know how to make that and go you just bend it just make a thing and bend it around it and i've done a million times and they go okay Studley, just do it (laughs) you know and i do it and they go wow that's pretty neat and I go yeah I've done it a million times <laughs> I had no idea that it was like a cool thing you know or a special thing or a unique skill or, or whatever right it was just and what just, you did yeah it's just what I did and, and uh, the, the one of the funniest things is I don't know if you guys have ever done it my favorite technique to just get that surprise look in somebody's eyes is when you do a cove cut on a table saw
0: Okay. Have you ever done
2: yep. the diagonal cove cut on a table saw where you put a cove in a board?
1: Hmm. I I've never done it, but I know I know the technique. But yeah,
2: yeah. You run the bo- you put a die you clamp a diagonal fence across the blade and run uh, run a board across the blade diagonally a little you know look like a sixteenth at a time and it cuts a cove in the board mm-hmm. and uh, I had to make a you know there was a piece of I was making the mantles in this house. Uh, Coincidentally, uh, Diami will know what I'm talking about, but it was for the Koch brothers' grandson.
3: Okay. <laughs> uh,
2: unfortunately, at least I made a lot of money there, but uh, he was a spoiled little brat. He was t- uh, 27, a 12,000 square foot Tahoe house for a 27 year old. But anyway, uh, I was making, you know, they they needed this Cove uh, cherry crown molding, basically. And I'm like, I can make that. And the guy's like, you know, see, you know, get the same answer all the time. I go, no, I'll show you. And so, you know, I set that up and, you know, that was when another guy, I kind of got another, you know, guy who was a superintendent. I got him in my corner, you know, he was like, wow, that's, that's pretty neat. He's like, well, how are you going to clean that out? You know, it's all the soccer marks. And I go, oh. Yeah. Wow. And then I just cut a, I cut the card scraper and sharpened it just like Kirk showed me and just scraped it right out. And it looked perfect. Right. And, you know, I was like, wow, you know, you put all these things together and you don't realize, you know, that when you put all these things together, you have actual, you know, skills. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah right. And
2: it, it's it's surprising, you know, because I never set out to be, you know, like great at doing this or doing that. It was always just, you know, this is my job and I just go do it. Uh, but, it, you know, it's it's nice to know. You know that from all these different people. That's the best thing about working at a job site that most people don't get. Is that uh, as my mentor used to uh, joke with me all the time, you can learn something from the stupidest person. Uh, that's when, that's what he always said when I showed him something neat. Wow, you can learn something from the stupidest person. <laughs> 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 he was a, a South Dakota farm boy with a, a lot of uh, what we called Kirkisms and a lot a lot of funny lines. Uh, unfortunately he uh he got cancer in like 06 and passed wow. away in 2010
0: that's a
3: shame uh,
2: after, after a long hard fight but uh yeah i mean it's uh the thing i miss the most is just you know calling them up and bouncing that's what i love about twitter and you guys and all these guys that you know are in our group of you know interested woodworkers you know you just go on twitter and you go man i'm trying to figure out how to do this and you'll get a whole bunch of answers (laughs) you know about you know virtually bouncing an idea off of somebody and it's fantastic because that's one of the things i miss the most you know is i just call them up and go hey how's it going oh good yeah i'm working on this thing and i'm trying to figure out this you know and you go oh well, you can do this you know just like you do with your buddies but uh you know most of the time your buddy's not like a, you know, super expert woodworker. <laughs> so, I do miss that, but the, you know, Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff has really helped, uh, bridge that gap for me. I, I, I enjoy it all. I, I don't get to do it as much nearly now that I'm, uh, actually employed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I leave the house at five forty-five in the morning, but, uh, <laughs> That's, yeah. that's that's where I learned all my stuff. and That's uh,
1: pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's that's a, that's a really c- cool way to, to get there. And I appreciate you putting together that all the little skills you pick up that seem so desperate, when they come together, it, it really builds this foundation of being able to put them together in different ways to suit whatever situation you're in.
2: Right. Yeah, you learn all these things and you don't really realize, you know, I mean, when you're going at this as a hobbyist, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I want to learn how to do mortise and tenon or whatever. But doing this as a tradesman, I learn all these different things. And I have, you know, I didn't even have any idea that that was a rabbit. I knew what a dado was because I actually almost cut my fingers off when I was 19 uh, with a dado blade. Uh, but, yeah, safety was not first in our shop. But... uh <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, now as uh, Norm would say, safety is no accident. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I am proud to say that if you if you Google, uh, there's no more important safety feature than these safety glasses. A picture of my girls wearing safety glasses from my blog shows up. So that oh. that, that warms my heart <laughs> that I show up before Norm. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, putting all these skills together is a pretty yeah pretty cool thing. Learned how to do a lot of stuff, uh, and I like passing it on. You know, when I, I I also like passing tools on, and I like turning people. Just like uh, my friend Kirk did, you know, he would, uh, you know, when he got something new, he would say, "Hey, you want this?" You know, and give me his old one. Right, You know, so I I like to do the same thing, you know, with the, if I find a guy that has interest, uh, that actually shows actual interest and, you know, how to sharpen or, or whatever. But it's, it's so funny to just watch people on a job site after not being, I haven't been at a job site in, uh, almost seven years. Oh, wow. Uh, I, you know, I worked in a shop most of the time, you know, making, making stuff that went to job sites, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really work at a job site for like the last seven years. The other thing that was weird is there used to be radios and now everybody has a Bluetooth speaker. That was kind of weird, but, uh, (laughs) anyway, but to just still see people, you know, like scribing something flat, uh, you know, a long straight thing to a long, you know, mildly wavy thing with a grinder, you know, with something around. And it's like, Block plane, you know, if you had a block plane, you could do that much easier, you know, and they go, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, they just go back to making a bunch of noise and a bunch of dust. A lot of times you can't teach old dogs new tricks. No, the ones that that do want to learn new tricks, you know, I'm happy to pass on stuff. I, I go to lots of garage sales and thrift stores and I buy nearly every hand plane and everything I see. And i try to pass them on, you know, to people who, uh, who might actually use them. I have no idea, you know, if anybody actually kept them in working condition. Uh, I turned one old guy onto a, a block plane and a couple years later he handed it to me and he said, this doesn't work anymore. And, <laughs> you know, he, he hadn't sharpened it in like three years, <laughs> but I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, uh, one of the guys that I work with, uh, I pulled out my shoulder plane, uh, working on something, and he goes, "Oh, I have one of those." And he pulled out a, a bullnose plane. I'm like, "Oh, what do you you know? What do you use to sharpen?" He goes, "Oh, I haven't sharpened it yet." Uh-huh. And I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know, they they don't work unless you that's those things are not separate. No, you know, you have to sharpen." to use those things. Those, they both things go together. And, uh, but thanks to Rob Cosman and his, uh, sage advice, I've switched to his system, which is just a diamond plate and, uh, and a very fine grit stone. Mm-hmm. I've sharpened faster than I've ever sharpened before, uh, freehand and with no complaints on a job site, which is the mm. first time ever, uh, every other time I've ever sharpened anything at the job site, uh, uh, what are you doing? You know, but I get it done so fast now. I, I don't get anything. So,
1: what do you use for your medium on the on the diamond plate?
2: Uh, I actually use the Trend honing fluid. Okay. Uh, because under their warranty, you're supposed to use that, but I actually bought it just for the warranty. Uh, I'll probably end up using some kind of whatever Rob Cosman uses. I think he <laughs> uses like Windex with a little honing fluid added into it.
1: Yeah, I uh, thought it was something like that.
2: Yeah, I use the the trend honing oil. It's a trend plate that's three hundred on one side, a thousand on the other, and then I have a Shafton uh eight thousand grit ceramic stone. Uh mm-hmm. the, the Japanese one. And you can you can get that on Amazon's uh and they ship it over straight from Japan. But I'm actually gonna switch to what he uses which is the Shafton glass stone uh sixteen thousand mm-hmm. because I Get like to get a little bit finer edge, Uh, but man, if you I don't know uh, if you're adept with freehand sharpening or not. That's one of the skills that my friend Kirk taught me uh, was freehand sharpening, and uh, holy cow, you! I cannot believe how fast that I can, even if it's got chips. You know that 300 grit Mm -hmm. will just plow right through even my Lee Lee Nielsen uh, block plane iron uh just cut it right down lickety split polish that thing up and, you know a minute or two tops done razor sharp you know impress your friends all <laughs> the guys at the job site are like what are you doing i'm like here shave with this you know yeah. <laughs> you know that's i i love it I, I love sharpening i love sharp planes sharp chisels that's uh and make and getting paid to make shavings. That's that's my zone, you know. Any time during the day when I can grab a block plane and, and make shavings and get paid for it, that's I don't think it gets any better than that.
0: No, no, that's fantastic.
1: I would say not. No, it was very cool. Uh, uh I I believe it now. It's time that we move on to our fortnightly beer choices, Mike. I hope you're prepared.
2: I'm prepared, but <laughs> I'm out going outside the box like I usually do. Excellent, not, not one to conform. I, have I
1: appreciate that.
2: An old fashioned made with rye whiskey in a vintage uh, bucket of blood saloon Virginia City uh,
1: glass tumbler. <laughs> not bad. I don't know that I've ever had an old fashioned.
2: I I um, couldn't not have one after watching Mad Men. Oh.
3: <laughs>
2: ha- I had to try it. You know, <laughs> you watch you watch a guy drink so many Old Fashions, and you're like, I got I got to try that. Sure, and I like them. I'm not a, not a real beer guy, uh, but uh, I like an Old Fashion.
1: There you go. Excellent. I uh, I um I don't have this with me tonight, but I had it on draft yesterday. Um and uh, my choice this week, is a Founders Sumatra Mountain Brown. Um, It's a, what do they call it? It's a double uh, imperial brown ale. What? Right? So it's a 9% brown ale. Okay. That has the roasty maltedness that almost makes it taste like a stout, except it's super aqueous. Okay. It was really, really good.
0: What makes that a double imperial though?
1: I don't know. They, they must've doubled up whatever makes it a brown ale. <laughs> it's twice as brown. It's twice. And we, and seriously, it was, I held it up. Uh, my buddy was there with me and he got, um, I forget who's like caramel stout, whatever, and it was just as black the the head was a different color but i could not see through this and it was a brown ale it was crazy like but very good i mean very a a slow sipper Mm. um but um but really good here here go go find it founder i don't even know if it's if they bottled it it was on tap at this uh, local uh local kind of uppity bar that we went to so
0: well founders isn't near you is it Where's
1: Oh, it's within a few hours, and actually they're putting a satellite brew pub uh, right around the corner from the Tiger Stadium in Detroit, which is within an hour from me, so it's getting closer. i got guys at work that go up to their, their brewery. It's only about three hours away. Oh, okay. It's not too far. So they do, I mean, they we get pretty heavy distribution, but I just, I don't know how widely they're producing this one.
2: Hmm. I don't care where you're from, that's a long drive for
1: beer. <laughs> you know what though i went to
0: vermont for beer a couple yeah months ago. right
1: i i have met more people now in the last few years that are like oh yeah you know we you know we know they've got this thing so i drove down two hours and got some when holy crap i mean this, these people from like western like on the on lake michigan and i live just over the ohio border um and fairly eastern side of michigan um and uh they're like, oh, yeah, they knew my beer store. Like, what? You're literally an hour and a half, two hours away. And they're like, oh, yeah, but they, we know they've got this, and we don't get that up there. So they, they, they'll make that trip, like, literally on an afternoon, just go and pick up beer and go home. It's amazing. If you're into that kind of thing.
2: <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Well, you know, I would travel. I went to Virginia to get a planer,
0: and I went to Vermont to get beer, so...
2: I drove to Indiana to get a 1942 6-inch Porter 300C joiner.
0: That's a long drive for a 6-inch joiner. 16-inch joiner. Oh, 16. Oh, well then that's uh, that's nothing. Of course you did. Yeah. Uh,
2: I I couldn't I couldn't see having it shipped. Uh,
0: no, you got you that, know, you know, relatively recently like a year or two ago, right? I think I remember you setting that yes. up. Yes.
2: Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things in the shop it, that you bump into, and it, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it it's not like it's funny if you bump into your car. You know your car actually moves a little bit. Yes, it does. This thing doesn't. This thing doesn't move. It weighs twenty two hundred pounds, and it, it doesn't move. We well, got to put it's it on eighteen
0: inch inflated wheels, and it will move.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh,
2: that's what my friend Gary would do. He puts all of his tools on a. 6 inch Rancho lift with big big uh <laughs> pneumatic wheels under him. He's a weirdo. <laughs> he's a he's a funny guy, but he's a weirdo. All of all of his tools are like raised up 6 inches.
1: Hmm. Is he tall? He like,
2: he, no, but he <laughs> likes to he likes to be able to push things around in the shop. Always has he he started that way and he just never he built his own house and built his own shop exactly the way he wanted it, but he still has all his tools on wheels. Mm. He's a unique guy. <laughs> He'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, so Deami, what do you
0: got? I have um, the last of the saisons I brought back from Vermont a couple months mm-hmm. ago. I have Simple Roots Brewing from Burlington, their Elderflower Saison Farmhouse Ale, which nice. Um, it was very good. It's a it's the most minimalist label i've ever seen on a, a bottle of beer well off the top of my head i have absolutely no idea how much alcohol is in it um, Wow, it's not particularly strong i mean it's a on, but um it was it was pretty good it's currently it's 88 degrees in my garage so it <sighs> warmed up sooner than i would have liked uh, and that certainly didn't help the flavor, but uh, but no, it was it was pretty good, and I would certainly recommend if you could get one and keep it cold. Uh, it w- it's well worth getting. It's the simple roots, elderflower.
1: Yeah, that it sounds delightful,
0: hmm.
1: especially if it would stay cool. But yes, sounds delightful. <laughs> so that um. That with, with that, we always end on a drink, right? So that just about ends the show. It does. Wraps it up.
0: It does. But uh, right? before, we, before we close oh, this thing out, go uh, for it. Mike, where can people find out more about you online?
2: Well, I take a lot of pictures. I try to at least, and I've been taking a lot more lately, uh, turning sawdust into groceries on Instagram. And we'll just stick with that. There's a lot of links. Uh, there's a link to other places from there. But uh, that's where I'm posting most of my pictures and tsig Mike on Twitter. And uh, if anybody's out there, you know I'm always happy to answer questions or you know bounce ideas off. You know, I do that with a lot of the guys that I talk to. I I have no problem. Just you know, message me or tweet at me or whatever you know. If you have a question or anything you can't figure out, that's weird. I love weird stuff. <laughs>
0: You gotta have there's to uh, a, uh, to find a weird issue in the shop
2: and message you. Yeah, I don't know if there's uh, uh, is there foul language allowed on uh, your podcast? I don't think we're gonna uh, complain. No. Okay. No. Well, as my my old boss used to say, uh, I hope you're hungry, Powers, because I have a real shit sandwich for you. <laughs> and so uh, I'm the guy that always gets the shit sandwiches. You know the weird, you know thing that nobody can figure out. That's what I'm good at. So, if you have one of those things,
1: feel free. Excellent. That's and a reading endorsement
0: to... for social media.
1: <laughs> it yeah. is, isn't it? I, I, I don't want to um I don't want to dwell on it right now. This is we'll spend more time on it as we go on. But this week we just saw Diami, mean, You and I bounce back a little bit. Fine Woodworking Live put out the date for next year's show, which. They, I think oh, they hit, they announced at AWFS. So, I would
2: love to do that.
1: It's but, way it's it's next spring. It's in March or whatever. So I'm not even looking at a calendar yet. But.
0: I'll I'll make the offer to you, Mike, that I make to all my friends is if you uh, if you can get yourself to a New York area airport, I'll pick you up and drive you up to Massachusetts and uh, and bring you back to the airport.
2: I appreciate that you made that offer this year. I tried to make it happen, and I just couldn't. Uh, but I would, I would love. That's of all the shows, that's the one I'd really like to go to. Uh,
0: I'll tell you, this year they, yeah. I believe, at least in the what happened, what did he, did he did he put it on Instagram? Tom McKenna posted yeah. a picture of what I think was like their their sign from last year, and just like changed the dates on it. Um, yeah, and at least so, at least in the picture he sent out it showed that it was at the same venue. Since they're not really saying anything officially except tweeting this one, or Instagramming this one picture, I don't want to say definitively that it's at the same venue, but if it is, it was a very good venue for it. Um, They really got the venue right.
2: The wealth of woodworking knowledge at that place had to be unbelievable. Mm.
0: It was was an absolute hoot. And, you know, apparently we had a discussion there that got the guys at Wood Talk talking about it um so it must have been a good event
2: (laughs) that's good that's good and i enjoyed all the all your footage on instagram i when you took uh to control their account that was great i watched (laughs) as much of it as i could thank you you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i figured if if fine woodworking wasn't going to share on instagram wilbur and i driving up to uh, to massachusetts in a sob who who else would really
2: (laughs) absolutely yeah and I really enjoyed the uh, commentary from Handworks. I just listened to that that was uh that was pretty cool too i I really wanted to go to that, but I started my new job and or was about to start my new job and I couldn't make it. Uh, but yeah that's that seems like uh like a real interesting one too. Uh,
0: it, it really does. Um, having yeah. listened to all that myself, I, Jeremy first did just a good job with all those interviews, but it, it really seemed like a like a really cool way to spend a couple of days out there just talking to other woodworkers and, and looking at all the really neat stuff they were showing out there.
2: And I have to say, uh, you might have to update and add his uh, change your five questions to six questions. <laughs> uh, what's your jam is a pretty good question. It It absolutely was. That's a pretty good question, and uh, if I'm asked those questions, I may just throw that in there anyways, whether you ask it or not. <laughs> so
1: fair enough. <laughs> well, Sean.
2: Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much, guys. This yeah, been absolutely. a pleasure. It's
1: yeah. uh, Yes, absolutely. So, uh, if if you haven't already, because uh, we do this, we put out a show pretty much every week, whenever whenever Deami can do that for uh, us, which is most been, of the time
0: we've been, I, I'll admit the show notes are horribly behind, but, <laughs> but. Um, but the actual audio, this
1: does go out every week. Right. So, you know, if you haven't already subscribe to our show on Apple podcasts or Google play music um, or wherever you, whatever podcatcher you happen to use, use pocket, us, use pocket cast, use Pocketcast. It's a good one. I don't, but damn, does. It's very good. <laughs> it's um, just beyond,
2: beyond yeah. pod is great on uh, Android.
1: Okay. Beyond Pod, another one? I think I used to have that one. Anyway, but just look look for Modern Woodworkers Association. You'll find us there. Uh, and then you'll be sure not to miss any of these fantastic episodes.
0: And Thank you for listening to the Modern Woodworkers Association. If you like the show, be, for, be sure to visit ModernWoodworkersAssociation.com and you can see what all the old shows are about. Uh, you can follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national, like the MWA on Facebook, circle Modern Woodworkers Association on Google+. And the best thing you can do is tell a friend, because word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.
1: That's right. So I'm Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. I'm at SeanW78 on most social medias and untapped. And uh, I'm Sean Wisniewski on Facebook. Go find me there. I am Diami Plotki
0: of ThePenultimateWoodshop.com. I am at Diami Plotky on the Twitter. And uh, you could also go to ModernWoodworkersAssociation.com, which... These days when I post, that's where everything's going. So with that, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, Thank uh, my co-host and guest host. And I guess right now, go out in your shop and make a hollow mantle and see if you can hang it to a masonry chimney.
2: (laughs) Definitely.